No, this is not clickbait. We have actually entered a per capita recession here in Australia. It is confirmed. What the hell does this mean? And why is no one really talking about this when it comes to the global economy, the Australian economy, and more so real estate prices? Because that's all we're worried about. If you're interested in my thoughts, then definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, if you are interested in more content, more behind the scenes and more casual Ravi, then definitely go follow me on Instagram. It's Personal Finance with Ravi. You'll see a blue check mark there. Definitely only follow that one. I will never DM you about sending me money for crypto or you should invest with me. None of that crap. I don't have time for that. So all of those are scammers. Follow the one with the blue tick. Now, there's a real difference between a recession in Australia and a per capita recession recession. The recession in Australia hasn't happened yet. The per capita recession, it's confirmed now. It's happening. So what are the differences between the two and what does this actually mean? Well, the recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So that's GDP growth, right? With per capita, it's when you look at the GDP relative to the amount of people that are in that country. And based on that, we've now entered a recession. And usually what you can see is a correlation between one and the other. So if one's starting to fail, then we're probably going to see the second one fail as well. Now, a lot can happen in the next 12 months for us to avoid a recession. What they often refer to is a soft landing. So we've gone in there, the RBA and the government have said, let's come out and get a soft landing, which essentially means let's go and squeeze the entire economy and contract it and then have it softly land and take off again. Think of it like a plane, right? You need the plane to land, but if you go too fast, it could go off the runway and kill a bunch of people. Or if you go too slow, you probably won't make the runway and then you just fall and die as well, right? Pretty morbid. But if you can manage a soft landing, you can go in and just softly land and then you'll be ready to take off again. That's essentially what they're trying to do. It is very difficult difficult to do. And if history is anything to go by, they're not really successful at this. Now, the economies, not just in Australia, but in the US as well, have managed to be fairly resilient, a lot more than most people thought. I thought by Q3 of this year, they would have started cutting. But instead, what they did was they pivoted by just going and pausing rates. And that's because they wanted to see the data that's coming out. So by my analysis, everything's just been pushed by about six to nine months. That means effectively in Q1 or Q2 of next year, we should start seeing some rate cuts. Now, Ravi, why would we see rate cuts when you Inflation is still so high. It's because when people look at data, they just look at one data point and they say, oh, well, if inflation is 4% and we need it to be 2 to 3%. Based on that data set, yes, we need to have interest rates go higher and you would be correct. But what you need to see is trends and you need to understand that if we've had inflation come down from like 8 or 9%, now it's at 4% and it's happened over a six month period. Well, guess what? We're getting into a period where it's going down fairly quickly. And what you don't want if you want a soft landing is you need it to start curving and slowly getting to that point. If you you have that same trajectory and you have that same trend, you're basically going to go nosedive. And even if you have rate cuts at this point, it's going to be too late to pull the brakes and you go straight through the floor. So that's essentially what I mean is you may see rate cuts a lot sooner than you actually think, because you might be looking at just data sets on their own. You need to see confluence around the trends and what's actually happening in the bigger macroeconomic picture. What we've got here is the national accounts key statistics. Growth mediocre across all headline measures per capita GDP is confirmed. Now, I'm not going to go through all of this. You can pause the video and have a look yourself. When you look at real GDP against advanced economies, we're doing fairly well, but this number is dropping and it's dropping very quickly. You can see that in this graph here, we've gone from a peak in 2021 and we've just been in a steady downtrend and moving down fairly quickly. We're getting to levels that we saw pre-pandemic and that's where we're going to get to a point where we need to stabilize. Otherwise, we go through the floor and you can see what that looks like in 2020. We obviously had the entire economy shut down due to other things and we don't want a similar situation to occur because if this time it happens, are they going to go and 
and put mass levels of liquidity into the market like last time, well, then you have an economy that is very volatile. That's not what they want. They need it to stabilize. So they might have to jump in a lot sooner, but the approach they might take is instead of going in and saying, well, it's too late now, let's go and just have the next meeting and drop interest rates by 100 basis points. They may go into a position where they say, okay, we know we need to drop by 100 basis points over the next six months. Instead of doing it all in the last month, they're gonna go 25, 25, pause 25, 25. And they might take that approach, which actually means that it stabilizes the market. It doesn't have any knee jerk reactions as well, but this is a cause of concern because clearly the economy is slowing down. You can't deny the fact that inflation is slowing down as well. Yes, it is higher than what we expect, but from where it's come is what's important. Now, the easiest way to understand this is during 2020, when we had all this liquidity put into the market, house prices started increasing, asset prices inflated, and then you started having inflation in 21. What did they do? They didn't increase rates because they saw the data and said, well, you know what? Inflation's actually nothing and GDP growth is non-existent. So let's just hold it. But if they saw that we had GDP at minus 5%, but now it's at 1% and has been trending up very quickly, at that point, they may have gone, maybe we should stop cutting rates. Maybe we should stabilize and just hold and see what happens. Or even plug in that first interest rate hike and slow down things. But they didn't. They looked at one data set at that one time. If you make the same decision on the opposite side, what do you think happens? Now, a couple of data points that have come out are not looking really good for Australia. Like here, we've got labor productivity, GDP per hour worked. And if you look at this, we're in a free fall from basically the top of 2022. We know that there's more jobs available than people actually there. But why is labor productivity falling? And now we're at levels that we haven't seen really since 2016. So if you're telling me this is a healthy economy, it doesn't look like one. Now, what we've got here is Commonwealth Bank, Australia's biggest bank, believing that cash rates have peaked and has predicted interest rate cuts in March next year, which would be Q1 of 2024. CBA expects a total of four interest rate cuts over 2024, taking the cash rate to 3.1%, a level it considers a more neutral cash flow stance. Based on our current forecasts for economic activity, prices and the labor market, the RBA could cut the cash rate in March 2024, but the clear risk is a later start date to the easing cycle. And effectively, what they're saying is that maybe if they don't go and cut rates earlier than they should, they might risk the opposite of what we've just seen. So we've just seen a period where they didn't increase rates quick enough and they just saw the data as it was. Then they started rushing all those interest rate hikes. They could see the opposite where we start going into disinflation and deflation into the economy. Then they go, oh, we effed up. Let's go and cut rates really quickly. But you know how this is. It's a big ship that needs to turn. And by that time, you're probably seeing a lot of these companies go broke. You're seeing unemployment go through the roof. And that is not what they want this time. Hopefully they've learned their lesson. ANZ believes the RBA has finished hiking rates in this current cycle and will make its first cut in November 2024. So probably about nine months after what CBA predicts. NAB believes there is still a possibility of further 25 rate hike this year, bringing the cash rate to 4.35%. And it thinks rate cuts will begin August 2024 and Westpac expects interest rates will start falling from September next year with another rate cut in December to bring the cash rate to 3.6%. You essentially have all the banks saying, yes, we have to have rate cuts at some point because they can see as well, leading indicators are now starting to flash red and say, we need a soft landing. Now, household spending has dropped for the first time in two and a half years. Two and a half years ago, we had all this money coming in. Now that all the easy money's gone, now we're in this position. Now let's pause there for a second because I just came up with a thought earlier this week and I wanted to share it with you guys. Think about us being at the airport, right? And you're going through and you have those little walking travelator things that I don't know what they're called, but if they're called travelators, awesome. You get onto them 
And there's two types of people. There are some that jump on, they get onto their phone and they're like, cool, I'm moving with this machine and it just continues moving. I don't need to move. Then you have other people that get onto those and they walk, right? So now they're walking at twice the speed because the travelator is moving as well as you walking on there. So you're walking at double speed. Then you see other people that choose not to go onto the travelator. And by now, if travelator is the wrong word, I sound like an idiot. But anyways, if you then continue walking, you're not even using the machine. You're just walking, right? What happens when the travelator isn't available? Well, logic would say that everyone would start walking, right? But for the purpose of this example, think about the economy. You had all this money flushed into the system. You had some people take advantage of that. So they took the money. They then used that to take out loans, to go and buy property and property went up and asset values went through the roof. So those would be classified as the people that were on the travelators. They were active in this market, but they were smart with it. They grew businesses, they grew their asset base, and that's what they were doing. The people that were standing there in their position were basically just riding the wave of all this excess liquidity. So they may have already had positions and they're still moving further ahead. When you have the other people that were just walking, weren't using the travelators, they're in a position where they're actually having to work against the grain. It's harder. They're not getting any easy liquidity. And even if they are, they're using the hard work to go and generate more income and they're having to do it the hard way. Now, when things get out of easy mode, and now let's say the next part of this airport journey is an incline. Now you have to start doing an incline walk. Who's going to fare the best in this? Now, for the purpose of this example, again, I believe the people that were actually walking during the tough times will make the most gains in those times that are difficult. They're going out there actively using their hands, training their muscles, being active in a downtrending market. So the people that were walking without the travelators will do well. The people that were walking with the travelators will get to that point quicker, which means they can generate more income, go and use the velocity of money concept and grow their wealth even faster. So the person that gets to the gate first will be the person who walked with the travelator. They got there first. Second will actually be the person that's been walking, not using the travelator because they've built the muscles in the hard times. They know what they need to do when times get tough. The people that were just waiting and sitting on the sidelines going, hey, I'm still making money. Things are good. They're going to struggle because when the time comes to the uphill challenge, they're going to go, oh, I'm out of breath. I can't do this. And they're going to start falling behind. In this example, when we're seeing the people who've run out of money are the people that didn't grow their asset base. They didn't use their money to go and grow their wealth. They simply used the free money and said, hey, it's a free for all. Let me go spend all this money. And they didn't change anything in terms of upgrading their skills. They worked from home. They had more time. They didn't do anything. Now what we're seeing is household spending drops for the first time in two and a half years. And this is is concerning. What we've got here is the annual change on spending on goods and annual change to goods price inflation. So how much are we actually spending? So in Jan, it was up 6.1%, Feb 2.5%, March 1%. Now, what have we seen? We started seeing the trend change. We can see minus 0.2, minus 0.5, minus 0.7, and in July, minus 4.1%. When you go across the annual change to goods price inflation, we're starting to see this number also decline. So you're seeing it from 8.47% going down to in July at 4.36%. So you're seeing the inflation number drop, but you're also seeing the amount of people that can actually spend on these things are dropping as well. We know with rents continuing to increase, that has a direct correlation to the cause and effect of what interest rates are doing plus you have a shitload of people coming into this country. Now, when you take a look at this, this is the expected annual change in population. Now, look at this, right? We start this graph in you know July 75 and you can see, yeah, okay, we might be at 1% and we're looking at more of the black line, which is the percentage change. And then the red line is change in persons. So you can see it was relatively stable. And what we're doing is we're seeing what happened more recently. And you get to around the GFC and we saw massive levels of people coming into the country because we needed to stabilize the economy, soft landing, right? During the pandemic, we shut our borders. So we obviously 
obviously see a number drop off there. But now we are going so much higher and it makes 2006, 2007 look like nothing. And what we're seeing is this number is not slowing down anytime soon. We're having all of these people come into the country. Over the year to June 23, the population has increased 2.4%, which is a record high, by 626,538 persons. That is incredible, especially knowing that we have a housing crisis, a cost of living crisis, and now we have a demand crisis because all these people need to come and live somewhere. I've said it time and time again. It might sound repetitive by now, but it's because it's the truth. Sometimes people get concepts straight away. They hear it the first time, they go and act. But you might be listening to this for the seventh or eighth time, and it might be the seventh time that makes you actually want to execute on plan. If you need the help when it comes to buying property and building your asset wealth, which I think is very important, then definitely go check out this video, which explains how the buyer's agency can help clients like yourself. As well as that, you can book in a free call using the link in the description below. When it comes to the per capita recession, because we have so many more people coming in, the growth that we have in the economy at the moment is just not doing it any justice. So sadly, the economy is not keeping up with the amount of growth it should be for the amount of people that are in this country. That's why you're seeing that, hey, unemployment's not that bad. It's starting to increase, but the economy is doing okay. When you start looking under the hood and you're like, there's smoke here. I don't think there's a problem. There's clearly a smoke in the Australian economy, but people are sort of going, yeah, no, I think we still have an inflation problem. We have a different problem. And I think it's going to come to the surface over the next six months. And that is when people need to start preparing. But by then, I think the mass levels of fear will have subsided. We have more certainty already with interest rates slowing down. We're now seeing pauses in the economy. And when we see max fear, that's when you want to be greedy, right? Warren Buffett said it. You got to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So ask yourself, if people are scared now, we have a recession potentially around the corner. The fixed rate mortgage cliff has already come and gone. And yes, we still have more of that, but we also have a bunch of people coming into the country. So if we're not building enough properties, you see supply dwindling down. You have all these banks coming out next year saying, hey, interest rates are going to get cut. You should be prepared. And we have tax cuts coming. What do you think is going to happen to your borrowing capacity? Increased by 10, 20, possibly even 30% next year. And that's going to directly correlate to the fact that we have a supply shortage. So that's the game plan. That's the cheat code. If you stayed all the way through, you've just learned what the cheat code was. If you have watched all the way through, comment down below saying cheat code. And that way I'll know how many of you guys are actually interested in this sort of content. If you have enjoyed this video, smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't already. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.